century number 10 for Brendan Taylor. He's got the Australian captain. We're talking about Rivada, we're talking about how good he is. And there it is. It's 39th one day international 100. The King gets his crown at the Adelaide Oval. Go on, take it. Deep mid-wicket. Glenn Maxwell celebrates Rick Cole. He cannot believe it in the middle of the ground. Welcome to the DNet Stumps podcast. Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket show with expert analysis by Dean Duplessis. Ah, yes, hello and welcome once again to the Dean at Stumps podcast. It is great to have you along. And as I always do at the top of the show, just a reminder as to who you can actually listen to when you uh, would, well, should you like to subscribe. Now, how do you subscribe? It's very simple. You simply uh, go to your preferred apps. In other words, your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Downcast, Pocketcast, you then subscribe to Dean at Stumps and away you go. And there is a fantastic interview with Dave Houghton, who just brings us, tells us exactly what it was like for the country as they went through the various processes to try and qualify for the test status. He talks about uh, representing benefit 11s or world 11s and playing some unbelievably good cricket against and with some real big names back in the day. He played alongside the likes of Sachin Tendulkar, Viv Richards, uh, Tom Moody from Australia and many, many more as well. And uh, played with a great deal of success, I might add as well. Then you can have a bit of a listen to David Gower. Now, uh, David Gower talks about the highs and the lows of winning the Ashes, then losing the Ashes, regaining the Ashes. He talks about his captaincy and, and how his fame, I suppose you could call it, and frustrations then uh, actually took its toll. We hear from Adam Holyoke, another former England one-day captain, and he talks a lot about life uh, more so than cricket. Then uh, don't forget that you can also listen to another former England captain, Michael Vaughan. There's Sean Pollock, there's Pommy Mbangwa, Tawanda Muyeye. There is a whole heap of incredibly talented cricketers, both uh, current and present, that you can have a listen to. Now then, please note that the following interview that I'll be playing was recorded last year. But today, the 29th of May 2020, when this podcast was uploaded, marks 21 years since Zimbabwe undoubtedly played the best one-day cricket of their lives. When they beat South Africa, the team that was tipped and fancied and favoured to win the World Cup in 1999, it is at Chelmsford in Essex in England, and uh, I was able to, last year, catch up with the man of the match and the man of the moment, Neil Johnson, who had quite a bit to say, as you can imagine, full of smiles and even just a touch of gloating. Here's Neil Johnson. Neil Johnson, it's coming up to 20 years since Zimbabwe had the times of their lives in the 1999 World Cup. I'm sure you have a few memories, but uh, what are the memories that really stand out the most for you? Gee, you know, we have some memories there, but it's it feels like it was the other day, man. It, it, uh, it really does. It doesn't feel like 20 years. Can you imagine 20 years? It's, it's uh, sure. Yeah, and it's, I live in the UK now, and it's... Hell of exciting this side, knowing that the World Cup's coming back here, and there's a lot of chat about it. And it's, yeah, it's it was a massive time in our lives, and we had a whole lot of fun. I can assure you that. So some of the some of the um, times that really must stand out for you would obviously be uh, the win over India when Henry Olonga dramatically snatched <laughs> victory from the jaws of defeat. 
<laughs> and then of course, wasn't that brilliant? Absolutely. That was that, what a game that was. That was at Leicester, Grace Road. Yes, absolutely. That was, yeah, that was amazing. We we didn't play particularly well, but uh, Henry, I think Alistair, yeah, Alistair just suddenly said he doesn't know who to give the ball to. It all bowled pretty badly, and suddenly I think Henry was the only guy. So he just threw him the ball, and suddenly Henry took a few. We took a few catches, and bang, we won the game. That was a Absolutely amazing, and then we celebrated well that night. Well, uh, and and with great reason and a good cause as well. I, I would imagine the game that really stands out for you personally would be the match against South Africa, um, because obviously your innings of seventy odd that you got three wickets. Uh, th- that must have been, you know, that must have yeah, been amazing. It does, Dina. You know, that obviously was a great game for us, and I particularly I did play quite well. And again, some of my mates were, you know. I grew up a lot in South Africa as well, so it was it was nice. But really, the one that stands out is when you play at Lords. It doesn't matter how you play, just to walk onto that that ground and walk through the change rooms and that long room and all that. That I still think it's it's the greatest place to play, and that will always stand out. The Lords match. I, I, we're going to get to that very briefly, um, or not very briefly, very shortly. But um, I, I would like to talk a bit more about that South Africa game because some of the people who you played against, Sean Pollock, Lance Klusner, John T. Rhodes, yeah. specifically John T. Rhodes, probably more so than Pollock and Klusner because they're a bit younger than John T. But what was it like to, you, you'd played with them for what was then Natal and obviously now the Dolphins, and now suddenly you're up against very, very good teammates, you know, and you had to kind of put all of that aside and, and take South Africa on and in a very aggressive brand of cricket because that's how South Africa, you know, played their, their game of cricket. Was it easy for you to do? Was it a challenge that you relished? No, see, I relished that. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show them that I could actually play. Um yeah, Dina, I think we got them on a good day because they, um, I think they had just been, they had just played Holland or the Dutch and yes. I think they arrived into, back into, because when they played Holland, they played in Holland, I think it was, and then they came back to the UK to play the next round and it was us and all their wives and girlfriends had just arrived. So they were playing against us when maybe they weren't quite focused and we were very focused. We we were the we like the small brother to to South Africa, and we really wanted to show them that we were all right. And we caught them on the hop, and we managed to sneak through. And it was it was a great day as well. It it was a hot day, in fact, and we played some hell of a good cricket. Okay. And yeah, I got stuck in there, and it was <laughs> it was nice. You know, you're playing against your mates, and you want to do well, but. You want to show them, you know. So we did. We were the little brothers that really got stuck into the big guys. And what was it? Um, because I mean, you and Grant Flower got Zimbabwe off to a good start, an opening stand of uh, just over fifty, and you and Murray Goodwin were able to continue the momentum. You and Andy Flower as well. I remember in particular yeah. one, one shot that Andy Flower hit off Alan Donald, a very straight six, which is yeah, you just never heard of Alan Donald being hit straight back over his, <laughs> yeah. his head for six in, in those days. But then, <clears throat> then it came to the bowling, and you opened the bowling in this particular World Cup. Was there any particular? Did, were you swinging the ball more than or better than the the rest of the Zimbabwean attack? What was the reason for you opening the bowling and doing so well? I know that they kept giving me the ball. I did swing the ball quite nicely, and that year that that white uh, reader, I think it was, really did swing. And I just ran in, and it, it swung. And I actually got a bit lucky 
because I um, I got a good outswinger going, and I nicked off. Who would I nick off first? So you got was Gary Kirsten first ball. You got Gary Kirsten. It was Kirsten. Oh, Gary Kirsten, he left-hander. Yeah, one that and bounced. And I got a swing gun. and jumped back at him quite yeah. nicely. Yeah. And rose on him, and but a very good catch by Andy Whittle in the gully. Yeah. So that was the first ball that I got, that I bowled, first ball of the match, and bang, I got him out. Then came in, I think it was Jacques. Yes. And I just got a, a beautiful outswinger going, and Jacques just nicked it off. And I can't remember who caught that. Was it caught keeper or caught first slip? But it was... It was a beauty. And then I fluked it. I got one. I tried to swing it out to Hunsey, and it actually swung back in slightly. And bowled him. I don't know why. The ball just misbehaved, and it bowled him. Yeah, so <laughs> I did. I, I got the ball to swing that day. I think I went for a few runs. I don't think even Alistair brought me back on to bowl because he knows <laughs> I was going for runs. But I did manage to pick up those three up front quickly. So we had them in a lot of trouble. But then Lance started batting beautifully like he did the whole of that um that series and Lance Kuzner started getting them close to winning it but the boys bowled brilliantly down the middle I think Adam Huckle I don't think he picked up a wicket but he went for no runs he was excellent and slowly we chipped away and we snuck in with I think caught Alan Donald at mid-off I think he street caught him on extra cover. Yeah, he streaked to win the, the catch yeah. off the bowling of Henry Alonso. Yeah, that's right. And so, when was there a point when you, as the players, got together and said, "Hey, up, hang on a bit. We can actually win this, guys. Do you realise that if we keep our heads, we can actually win this game?" I think we we always. I think we snuck in a few results against South Africa. And I, I don't think we ever thought we we're just going to arrive at this game at any game against them and just lose. You know, I, I think we inside us. We knew that they were better than us, but we, but if we did our thing properly, a few of us performed really well. We could actually beat them anytime. And one day cricket's like that, you know, you get a couple of good players on a roll and you get under a lot of pressure and suddenly the game goes away from you. And we managed to do that. And you just spoke about Andy hitting Alan Donald back over his head for six. Andy was brilliant. And listen, he controlled everything. He allowed us to us other batsmen to bat with a bit more freedom and he took a lot of pressure off us. And he was the, the main guy and, and the opposition knew that and so they maybe focused on him and we were able to sneak in with a few runs behind that. But no, we we were a good side. We had a good, you know, top order and that number one, two, three, four, five was good and dangerous in one day cricket. So we always believed we could we we could beat them, but did we think we could beat them in the World Cup in such a crucial game? I don't know, but we did. You certainly did. And and did the after you beat South Africa and when it was confirmed that you were going through to the Super Sixes, did the mindset of the team change? Surely you then would have gained even more positivity and, and more momentum as you went into that Super Six stage. <laughs> I think we were just riding such a wave and I don't think we tra- changed at all because we were... <laughs> We celebrated each game, each victory, or each day. We had a great time. We had some real characters in the team, and we just went ahead and just kept on playing and playing and playing. We trained hard, but we we just did the same thing. And yeah, we were actually very lucky to go through, but we went through. And I think we had something against New Zealand where the game got rained out, and that was enough for us actually to go through. I think it was. Yeah. I can't even remember now. But it was. It was hell of exciting, man. And we just. We were a crazy bunch of boys from Zimbabwe and 
just really enjoying ourselves and just going for it. You know, we didn't have any pressure on us. All the other teams had the pressure on them. They had to perform. And they knew if they didn't perform properly as Zimbabweans, we could sneak in with a couple of wins. I always remember Nasser Hussein, uh, former England captain, making it very clear that underestimate Zimbabwe at your peril. He made no, mis- no, no bones about saying that Zimbabwe were the best fielding side as a unit. I mean, obviously you had your, your John T. Rhodes and your Herschel Gibbs and Ricky Pontings as individuals. They were brilliant. But as a unit, Nasser Hussein always used to say that uh, when he played against Zimbabwe, he found them the best in the world. Now, John, you also had, on a like to note, a lovely experience with the Queen, didn't you, back in uh, 1999? The team went to visit the Queen, and didn't Murray Goodwin also uh, get up to a little bit of nonsense as well? (laughs) (laughs) Murray was always in trouble. He was always doing something crazy. But that was the group, you know. We we had an amazing group of, you know, crazy people that just came out of Africa and just was Zimbabwean, just gave it a full go and just enjoyed every moment you know we weren't like the other teams we were very different to all of them and we just gave it a full go and certainly meeting the queen was one of the highlights of that that trip and murray was as crazy as ever while meeting the queen and w- yeah. what did murray actually do that uh, that made people laugh so <laughs> no, much? Could, could never say what murray did no he <laughs> he went in the queue instead of coming in with the zimbabweans he went in with the west indians so little mother <laughs> came up to the West Indians' hips, but I can't say what he said when he met the Queen. Naturally, we'll leave it at that, absolutely. Right, on to Lords <laughs> no, we go. Crazy. On to Lords we go, Jono, where it, it really, it, it, unfortunately Zimbabwe lost that game, but it was a magnificent one-day game, wasn't it? What a game of one-day international cricket it was. Zimbabwe lost, and, and I guess fairly comfortably at the end, but the, the innings of 132 not out that you got against the Aussies, does that rate as the best individual performance in a Zimbabwean shirt? Oh, there's no doubt about it. That was, well, the, no, 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 not as an individual, but for myself, it was yes. the best thing yes. that ever, that I ever did, you know. But just to play at Lords and to, you know, like I said earlier, to walk through those change rooms, to see all those names on the board and oh, the whole thing about Lords is just magnificent. It's the, it is the best place, I think, to play. And you get goosebumps. And I certainly, I was very lucky. I, I batted very well. I think I nicked off Glenn McGraw very early and he didn't have a third slip. It went through there and I, I could have been out for a duck. I was so nervous just to be there. But it, but once I settled in, I think I hit him down the ground for a four, straight down, Lords. And I still remember the ball rolling all the way down. And as it goes down the slope, a huge difference. You know, as you see it just slide down there, it was, mm. wow, I've actually hit Glenn McGraw for four. Yeah. I relaxed a lot more and um, and I just got, I just managed, I just, I just kept going and it just was amazing and I had so many of the other boys helping me as I was going. We had a good partnership with Maza Goodwin and he just, he just said, just keep going and I hit a few off Shane Warne and he was going through a few troubles at the time, so maybe he wasn't as focused as he could have been, but I still managed to get a few away off him. And I just kept going and going, and I just thought, wow, what, what is happening out there? And it was absolutely the best that feeling I've ever had on a cricket field. You know, blue, blue sky, hot day, packed house, and the crowd started supporting us, you know. Even the Australian supporters were supporting us <laughs> because we were putting up up such a magnificent fight and it was great 
And then, yeah, we lost, I know, so that's not as nice as winning, but individually it was, wow. It, yeah, I still love it. I still go down to Lords now, and I walk around there, and it's beautiful, man. Neil, Zimbabwean fans were a bit disappointed in, um, I guess, the partnership between yourself and Heath Streak in that game. Because when Streaky got to the crease, people felt that um, had he perhaps been a bit more positive, shown a bit more positive intent, as opposed to just batting out the 50 overs. And I'm not, I'm not for one minute suggesting that he did that, but it, it was just the impression that, you know, people from Zimbabwe watching television got that Streak. While you were trying to still win the game, Streak was content to ensure that they didn't lose too badly and just bat out the 50 overs. Could there perhaps have been a bit more positive intent and, and a, you know, maybe yeah. to try and get a bit closer to that total? You know, it's, I promise you, it is so easy to watch from the side. You're playing the best team in the world with the best bowlers in the world, and they, they good. Australia were good. Well, they still are good. Mm. And, you know, you've just come to the crease on a hot day. The pitch is worn out now, and it's not coming onto the bat so nicely. It was all right for me because I'd been there for so long. I could still hit the ball, you know, but for any batsman coming in, it was tough to start with. You look at that after Murray got out, the next batsman coming in, no one got going. And so that was streaky at the end. And it wasn't easy for him to try and turn the strike over and get me back onto strike or just have a dip. So it might have looked like it was, it was streaky just batting out the overs. He certainly wasn't. He wanted to keep going and try and get us, as close as we could, or if not, win the game, you know, but it's not easy. And the ball was older. It, no, you got Glenn McGraw and Shane Warren, yeah. Damien Fleming. These yeah. boys are good, you Absolutely. know. They don't just let any batsman walk in and, and control the game. And that's why taking wickets in one-day cricket is so crucial. Because you get the wickets and the run rate, you see it comes down quickly, you know, and that's what happened to us. But it was still, it was a great chase. And and something that many people twenty years later still talk about with a great deal of fondness. Um, I mean, you, you the two sixes that you hit. There was one massive one that you hit off Tom Moody way over mid wicket, and then you hit uh, Damon Fleming down the ground over long off uh, for six. Yeah. Well. So those. <laughs> but I would, I would imagine some of the strokes that you hit off Shane Warne uh, when he was bowling deliveries that were pitched on leg stump, but you were driving them through extra cover. I mean, it, it, you must have. It must just have been an, an one incredible adrenaline rush throughout that innings for you. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm facing Shane Warne, and I was being spoken to quite a lot by a lot of the fielders and that. And, you know, the, the man's a genius, and uh, he could quite easy in front of the how many, 20, 25,000 crowd, could quite easy make an absolute fool of me. So I obviously was very nervous to face him and even just to try and get get a run. So I actually, it's quite crazy, but I actually sort of gave up. And I said to myself, well, that's it. Um, I'm either going to get embarrassed here because it'll be dot after dot after dot and all of them will be abusing me and ripping me off and that. <laughs> or I'm just going to slap a few. And I try to just slap a few. I took a few risks and they came off. And I think the first one, I just charged them. I said, this ball, I'm just running at you. And I charged them and I hit them over long on, I think, for four. Yes. And then, then I said, no, next one, I'm just going to get down and do a, just a little sweep, a paddle sweep. And I did that and it worked as well. And then from there, something sort of changed. And I was able to get a lot of the balls away. And I hit a few through cover. I, and they were in the air. They could have quite easily gone. I think Mark Wall was on the draft. And he, 
oh, they were in there, but it, they just missed him. It was my day that day. And away they went for four. I think I hit three fours in an over or something off him. So it was, it was hell of a nice, but things worked out for me that day. When you when the team got into the Super Sixes and obviously losing to Australia and then unfortunately a rather heavy loss to the hands of a very good Pakistani team, um, do, yes. do, do you think the do you think the momentum, the energy from playing so well without obviously meaning to, kind of um, seeped out of the Zimbabwe team? Do you think you'd maybe reached your your time where you'd kind of done enough and you you couldn't do any more, or was it just a very good Pakistan team on the day that you met that you came up against? Yeah. Pakistan was very good. They were a great side, you know, and, I'd, um, and they were beating players. So I, I just think we, you know, if, if we all didn't fire, the top three, four, five of us, if we didn't fire, then then we we're going to lose. We didn't we didn't have the numbers like the Pakistanis or the Australians or even the South Africans. And we we would always do well if four, five of us did particularly well, and that's what we always needed. And you know, we had had a good tournament and maybe we just ran out of steam then. Well, Neil Johnson, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been wonderful rolling back the years and, and uh, <laughs> talking about some Those of the... Those are great days, Dean. Great <laughs> days, Roy. Sure. And it was a great summer as well, you know, so let's hope for another good summer now. Well, so uh, but before I let you go, then let me ask you this question: Who do you think uh, stand? Who do you think will do well in this particular World Cup? Strength versus strength, as they say, everyone will be playing one another. Who do you think will do well? I really think England are a good side in England. They really, they, as a one-day side, they they really are good. They've got lots of players, and let's hope we'll have a couple of Zimbabwean boys in there, the current boys. Right, there we are. That was Neil Johnson. And uh, don't forget that this was recorded just before the World Cup, which is why he was making reference to who may possibly do well in that World Cup. What a character. What a great guy to be talking to. You've been listening to the Dean at Stumps podcast. Uh, my name is Dean Duplessis. And just a reminder yeah, that you could possibly tell any of your friends or family members to subscribe to the podcast. It's ridiculously easy. You go to your preferred podcast app, and uh, you search for D-Nut Stumps and you subscribe and you listen to interviews like the one you've just heard. I'll be back again pretty soon with another big name. Look forward to catching up. But until then, stay safe and bye-bye. You've been listening to D-Nut Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast. 